so uh, <clears throat> t tell me if this has ever happened to you, right? Because most of my messages are really just where I've messed up, right? So, so I'm sure this hasn't happened to you, and I'm, and I'm thankful that it hasn't happened to you, right? Because, and I already had to confess about this, but I was ready for something. I had it all figured out. It was easy peasy. Slam dunk, easy home run. Not even going to sweat this a little bit until I wasn't ready. I had nothing figured out. And suddenly, it was impossible. And all of that was just getting ready to come up here this morning, right now. See, last Tuesday, I was talking to Vicki. She said, hey, you're up. I said, not a problem. I got this. Wednesday, I'm good to go. Thursday, piece of cake. Just going to wrap this up tomorrow. This was on Thursday. Friday, I sat down. And I started like typing up my notes, pulling things together, formulating. Four, five, six hours. I'm sitting there. Oh, I typed like a madman up there. My fingers were going. Words were filling the pages. And the entire time I'm thinking, this makes no sense. It made none. I'd written a lot. I had read a lot. I had prayed a lot on what I was going to read. I had it. Everything I thought I was going to say suddenly made no sense to me. And I thought, uh-oh. And if it made no sense to me, how in the world could I actually have it make sense to you? And then I thought, these people are going to sit up there and think, what is that fool talking about? He has no clue what he is doing up there, and he probably shouldn't be up there. And I'm going to tell you that if I had ran with what I had on Tuesday, I'd agree. So where did it all go sideways? My goodness. I stayed in the Word. I had verses to reference. I had prayed about the Word. I had talked to people. How in the world could this have gone wrong? And I'll tell you how it could have gone wrong. Scratch that. I'm going to tell you how it did go wrong. The only thing I could come up with is there was too much of me and too much of I in it. And the only I that should have been in it should have been a lowercase one because it's in the middle between the H and the M and it's him. I didn't have enough of him in it. Now, I had his word. Should have been good. Right? It's his word. I had it, referenced it, we're good to go. Nope, not exactly. Oh, okay. Maybe it was more my thoughts than his direction. Maybe it was my perspective instead of his guidance. I thought, oh, man. And then I, I kind of took that though and I expounded upon it and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness gracious. If for 45 minutes on a Sunday morning I'm doing this, what about the other seven days of the week? How many times have I dropped the ball and thought I was righteous? I thought I was right. I thought I had did what I was supposed to do when I was supposed to do it. And how many times was I probably wrong because I did what I thought I was supposed to when I thought I was supposed to do it in the manner that I thought was right. Then that got me nervous. That got me nervous because I thought, oh man. So, 
I think it was Ashley had come in, asked me how's it going. <laughs> not good. It's not good. So I set all that I had done aside. And I was just like, drop the keyboard, you know, boom, drop the monitor from the laptop. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you got me. What am I supposed to do? And it flowed. It flowed, and because it wasn't me, it wasn't me no more. And I think that's where I had made a mistake. Well, I knew I made a mistake. Right? Can you, oh, yeah, there we go. This is not the right verse. This is not the right verse. Pardon me? Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Thank heavens, I got it written down. So pay no attention to the screen behind me. It's not going to make sense or match what I'm about to read. Because this is my baseline, right? For my thoughts are not thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. And the beautiful part is the next three words, declares the Lord. So he's talking to me. <laughs> Son, my thoughts are not yours, and your ways are not mine. Then he goes on. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, when you, when you read that, you've got to remember that one of us that he's that one of the pre, one of the two people that this is referring to is perfect, and the other one is not. We are the not. I am the not. But how often, though? How often do we interject our thoughts onto God? How often? Even whenever we don't realize what we're doing, we think we're doing the right thing, we think we're doing the righteous thing, we think we're doing the good thing, but we're kind of saying, I got this. And God is saying, Are you sure? I don't think like you do. We can read, I got, I got plans for you. I got plans for you. But you think you got this. Okay, okay, that's good. We don't have bad intentions, but God, but remember, see, God declared this. When you declare something, that is just like the final word. That's just, you don't suggest it. You don't say you might want to think. You don't say you might consider what you, God declared it. I am above you. My thoughts and my ways are above you. Therefore, there is no there is no other option. There is nothing above me, and I am above you, so therefore you need to be listening. And don't make me abide by your thoughts. Don't put me into your box. Don't put me into your, your understanding. I'm more than that. But the beautiful thing is, he'll elevate us from where we were where he has us 
He declares it. He announces it. He proclaims it. He insists it. He is more. He is the creator, and we are the created. How often, though, do we get that confused? How often do we get that confused? Now, if you have children, you might understand this, because at times, a child will come to their parent and know better. They're going to, they know better. They're six. What haven't they seen in the world? They're 10. They're 28. They're 26. They're 34, 33. They know better. Okay. You do. Okay. Go ahead. Run with it. Let me, I'll be sitting here. I love when my children come to me, and they usually do it on the, on the down low, right, because they don't like to announce it, and they're like, you were right. <laughs> I know I was right. I didn't need to be, have affirmation from you that I was right. I knew I was right all along. How often do we do that to God, though? When we have to go back to God and say, you know something, you were right, I was wrong. And God says, I know that. I told you. My thoughts were above yours. My ways are beyond yours. You can't even contemplate what I have. I have an entire world moving. You're a part of it, and I got you moving. So don't, don't think you got it. You don't. You were never meant to. Adam in the garden, God walked with him. We were never meant to have it ourselves. Never. But why do we do this? Why do we do this? Well, first of all, he gave us free will. Free will. That's how we're different than an angel. Free will really means I can screw this up. I can mess this up. I can do this because I have a choice. Yes, you can. And well done on screwing it up royally because you have been messing up literally from the garden. I made two of you, gave you free will, and boy, I tell you what, you didn't last till three of you. You, you messed up from the get-go. But he never stopped loving. He never stopped loving. We, we messed up. Mankind messed up. He never stopped, though. So is it, do we think we know better than God because we've got such a wonderful track record that goes back a millennia? Do we? Well, I mean, throughout history, there's been some good things that man has done. There's a whole lot of stuff man has messed up. And if we look at, like, big stuff and little stuff, and even if we don't know the big stuff, I'm sure. This little stuff right here, I should be able to pull this together. I should be able to pull the little stuff together. That's me personally. Who knows me more than me? Well, well. So I'm not going to delve into everybody's personal life, right? That's, that's you. But I will tell you, I'm going to share. Personally, I have scars 
from all the times and the places that I have messed up. I got scars. They're reminders. Reminders of times whenever I've said, hey, I, I got this, man. I, I am good to go. Set aside. Everything from when you were a stupid kid going to say, I can do that. And then you got a little scar from it. To when you're an adult who says, I got this. And not all scars are visible. You can't see every scar. You ain't going to see every scar I got. I ain't going to see every scar you got. But there's one who sees all the scars. Amen. I hope I'm alone. I hope it's not me. I hope it's all me and not you. Because that, be, that would be foolish if we were foolish together. We don't want that, do we? No. Let me go down alone. Okay. Let's try our next verse. Let's see if I got this one right. Isaiah 29, 16. Oh, yeah. Isaiah. He wrote a lot. The book of Isaiah is huge. If you haven't read it or just looked to see, it's monstrous. And he had a lot of say, and I tell you what, though. <sighs> Look at this, right? You turn things upside down talking to people. You do it. You turn, people up, you turn things upside down. In fact, it's as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Maybe it's kind of like we think that the creator is like the created. Huh? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it? You did not make me. And can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing? We wouldn't do that. First of all, we ain't potters, we ain't clay. Oh, but we are. Oh, but we are. So the potter says, this is my creation. And Isaiah is saying, y'all turn things around. Instead of asking the potter, what am I? We tell the potter, you know nothing. You don't know anything. Ever told God you don't know anything? Even if you didn't word those, actually voice those words. It's possible, personally possible that you insinuated possible that you hinted at it's possible I'm not saying it's impossible but it's possible we prefer to give God an understanding of what's going on. We prefer to let, to, we got to help him out, right? That's what we often approach him. God, you don't know idea. Let me tell you. This is what's going on. This is what's going on in my life. And God's like, uh-huh. And I think sometimes God actually patronizes us because he says, okay, no, do, do, do tell me. Please, son. Please, daughter. Tell me, please, let me know. 
and we oblige him. We explain to him how things are. Instead of admitting we don't have a clue. We know how things are because we're in the middle of them. What we don't have a clue about, though, is actually how to get out of them. We don't have an understanding on what we're supposed to be doing. So if I'm going to tell God, this is where I'm at, that is one thing I think he and I can agree on. Yep, that's where you are. What we don't agree on is how we got there, because I don't like to agree. Because if I agree, then that probably means I'm the one that put me there. So I'm like, hey, some stuff happened. You know them? You know them. Look what they did to me. They put me here. And God's like, yeah, but I can get you out. Did you hear what happened? Yeah, I did. That's why I'm here. Yep. That's why you're out. See, the world, the world has fallen. Right? I mean, we, we can agree on that in here. The world is in denial. The world is in denial. We can agree on it in here. The world is falling. But man, oh man, the world has got a lot of suggestions on how to fix ourselves. The world has all of the answers. And they do. They're not right. I didn't say they're the right answers. I just said they got answers. We got coping mechanisms in the world. We've got ideas in the world. And the world is actually working really hard to make sure that we don't even look to God no more. We don't have to. The world says, I got this. Look at me. It's like, yeah, look at you. Look at you. How can I take you serious, world? We do, though. We do every day. I mean, we know about the Garden of Eden. Adam, Eve, serpent, tree, not listening. But we don't ever consider that as the root of our problems. Sin is not really the root of my problem. I don't like to admit it. In fact, we've done so much to distance ourselves from that as the root and the source of our problems. The world's done so much to take God out of it. See, because the, the only way that I can look at and say, yeah, it's sin, is if I have to acknowledge God. So the world says, no, 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 no. Something bad happened to you? It wasn't your fault. Something bad happened over there? It wasn't your fault. And then it actually takes one step further and says, hey, something bad happened over here, but you were good, right? Yeah, you all right. You all right. There we go. You're good to go. Whew. All under the guise of, we know better. This is the world. The people. We know better. But do they? Does it? Watch the news and tell me what you see. If you can give me three articles that actually say something about the lines of, on mainstream news, love, caring, assistance, helping. If you can find three stories like that, Faster than you can find three stories of death, destruction, maiming. 
I challenge you. But that's still the one that we go to. But I'm sure that this is a new mindset. I'm, I mean, come on, this has got to be new, right? We are enlightened. Good heavens to Betsy. We got the internet. Everything's at the touch of my fingers. I can Google anything. Good heavens to Betsy. I can go to artificial intelligence and have it right. Everything I want to know. Side note, I did not do that here. But, so this, this has to be a new mindset, right? Can you please go to, uh, I hope I got this one right. I'm starting to doubt myself. Colossians 3.2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Oh, shoot. So it's not new? So it's not new. So we may have improved the methods. We have made things faster. But here, set your minds on things below. Set your mind on things of the earth. Set your minds on things that your neighbors are doing, that your friends are doing, that the people you read about were doing, that the latest craze did, and you'll be good to go. Or does it say set your minds on things above? Not on the earthly things. Why would you set your mind on an earthly thing when there isn't really... There are some beautiful things in the world. I will say that there are some beautiful, beautiful things. But it's nothing compared to the higher things. I love wandering around in the woods. It's beautiful. I love going to a waterfall. It's beautiful. I love going to sitting on a beach. It's beautiful. It's nothing. It's beautiful compared to my reference point. When my reference point is a fallen world, it is not a heaven. Mm. Paul wrote about it a long time ago. So much for me being impressed with myself and thinking that this was something new. It's been coming forever. Hmm. So the world and society, the enemy, has been trying to cloud our minds for a long time. The enemy's been sitting there saying, you got this. I'm pulling for you. Way to go. For a long time. Paul wrote about it way back when. <laughs> Stop thinking about the earthly things. Stop being concerned on the earthly things. Stop using the earthly things as your guide. You don't want a messed up map. Look at the earthly things. This is never going to get you where you want to go. But it will get you someplace that you are going to go. Just saying. Don't focus on the world and leave God. As Isaiah said, his ways are above ours. Right? Isaiah said that. His thoughts are above ours. Here we got Paul. You better be thinking about those things that are above. So we need to be careful. You need to be careful. Can you please, to the next one, please? 
Ephesians 5, 15. Remember, I said be careful, but I plagiarized it. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Not as the world, but as not of the world. Now, nobody wants to be admitting that they're unwise, right? I mean, that's just a very nice way of saying stupid. <laughs> nobody says, yeah, I'm stupid. Nobody would say that. But we probably do, right? Actions speak louder than words. I'm not saying I ain't never done nothing stupid. Once or twice. But if we think about what this is actually saying, right? Made the most of every opportunity, have you? Made the most of every opportunity that's been presented to you? I'm just saying, right, if we go back to, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you that was started when I said, let there. Boom. Mark's plan's written down. Cal's plan. Courtney's plan. Sam's plan. And with each one of those plans, as you go through the steps, right, you have opportunities that are presented to you. Sometimes they're good opportunities, sometimes not so good opportunities. And we're pretty quick to grab a hold of the ones that ain't that good. So, opportunities come in all shapes and sizes. So let me ask you about it, right? Let me ask you, think about it. Were you wise or unwise? When an opportunity presented itself, were you wise or unwise, right? My opportunity presented, my, presented itself was you get to speak on Sunday. That is an opportunity that I am thankful for. And then I messed up that opportunity on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and most of the day on Friday. Until I said, I don't know. Until I said, I don't know. Then the opportunity come back and it said, ah, here's the opportunity now. Be wise. Okay, I'm going to stop being stupid. So even the opportunities we didn't think we wasted or might not think we wasted, did you make the most out of them? Did you ever... Make the most of every opportunity that you had where there was no doubt in your mind. You made the most of it. God gave me this opportunity and I knocked it out of the park. Or did God give you an opportunity and thankfully you got hit by the ball and got to take your base? Just saying. Make the most of every opportunity. Keep your thoughts above. Keep your ways above. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity God gives you. Everyone. Realize you don't have it figured out. Realize you don't understand all the situations that is going on around you that has formed this opportunity. You haven't. So don't think that you do. That would be unwise. That would be stupid. So, how many times did we have everything figured out until we didn't? How many times was it easy? 
Whew, until it wasn't. When did easy peasy become impossible? Maybe you weren't all wise. Myself, not wise. Can you, uh, the next one, please, Katrina? The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Oh, my heavens to Betsy. The prudent, the careful one, the one who looks, the one who pays attention, the one that doesn't put his mind, doesn't put his thoughts, doesn't put his understanding as being the end-all, be-all. Sees the danger. And what does he do? What does she do? Take refuge. There's nuts out there. There's a heck of a storm blowing. Waves? Oh, they're big. You ain't got gills, so you aren't going to breathe under that wave whenever it comes crashing over top of you, so you might want to take a refuge. So, but, the simple, just keep plodding away. I know this hasn't worked the last 99 times, but there's no way that I'm 100% wrong. If I just do it one more time, if I just try one more time, you know what that's called? That's called perseverance. Isn't that good? That's, a, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to persevere. I'm not supposed to be whooped, lay down, play dead. No, I'm supposed to persevere. Well, depends on how you're persevering in something stupid or persevering through a challenge that the world has set out to challenge you from doing what God has said you're supposed to do. Amen. See, there's two types of perseverance. There's wise and unwise. Mm, 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 mm. Who's this referring to? This is us. This is you and I. We're going to be prudent or we're going to be simple. Which one are you? Now, nobody's ever going to say, I'm simple. Nobody would ever say that. Nobody would do that. That would be silly. I'm not going to sit there and say I'm simple. Come on now. That's nuts. But I'm simple. I'm probably simple more than I am prudent, if I'm honest. If I'm honest, I'm going to say that I am simple more than I'm prudent. Just, I'm glad you're not. Because that would be silly for two of us to be simple. Right? Do we look for a refuge? Or do we try to ride the storm out? Do we look for a refuge or just stay the course? Pay the penalty? If I say I don't want to be simple no more and I want to be prudent, and I want to see the danger and seek the refuge. Where is that? Is it in the world? You think the world is going to offer you refuge from, drum roll please, the world? If I'm in the middle 
of a storm on the ocean, as far as I can see, it's water. So at no point am I going to say, but if I paddle over here, I'll be okay. If I move there, I'll be safe. Mm-mm. Nope. Sorry. You need to see a refuge someplace else. And it's not in the ocean that the storms are raging. It's not in the ocean that the wind is blowing. And it's not in the ocean where you're drowning. Can you please go to the next one, Katrina? Psalm 45 one? I hope. For a second I got confused, but it's actually the second half of the verse. God is our refuge and strength. Right? That's what I said. God is our refuge and our strength some of the time. Part-time. Occasionally. Oh, shoot. Ever-present help trouble. Ever-present. All the time. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't blink. He does not look away. You don't surprise him. You won't be able to come up to him and say, God, and him say, oh, I didn't see you coming. You startled me. You won't see, he won't say that. What he'll actually say is, why did you take you so long? You're out in the storm, and the seas are blowing, and the waves are crashing. And the rain's coming down. He's a harbor saying, come over here and drop anchor here. I'm a refuge, man. The waves are never going to get to you. Why? Because I'm a big break wall. The waves are not going to come crashing over. You aren't going to sink here. Out there, you are going to sink. But not here. Oh, shoot, that's a good deal. Always there, always willing to help, in trouble. And the beautiful thing is God's never in trouble, so he doesn't even ask for it to be reciprocated. He says, I'll help you. You don't have to help me. I'm God, whether you accept my help or don't accept my help. I am still God. You are not. Jesus on the boat, he took a nap. The disciples thought they were going to die. And they said they had to go wake him up. And he said, why? Stop it. And the waves calmed right down. They had to go to him, though. You're going to be in a little bit of a storm. You're going to be in tossing and turning. And you're going to get nervous. But there's only one place you can actually go to find refuge and strength. Feeling weak? Oh, all the time. Feeling tired? You bet you. Beat down? Uh-huh. Winded? You bet. Can't catch your, can't catch your footing? Uh-huh. Huh. Feeling weak? Or you want some strength? Because he's got it. So why do we always act like we don't need him? Why do we act like we've got this? Why do we sit out in the storms and in the trouble and in the, and in the strife and the misery and say, I got this? 
You have nothing. You have nothing, but you are getting tired of treading water. You're getting tired of fighting the seas. You're getting tired of those waves crashing over your head. Why? Why do we do that? Because we've got a choice. We got a free will. Congratulations. Now are your choices wise or unwise? Is drowning wise when you don't have to? Is suffering wise when you don't have to? The thing is that if you don't make an effort, if you don't make an effort to understand where that strength and that refuge lies, you're never going to find it. You have to make an effort because the world will make a big effort to show you where he's not. The world will guide you. And the thing is, the world, when the storm is here, the world will take you further out. Look, that's not a dark cloud over there. Let's go there. All the while, you're further and you're further, and you're further, and you're further, and you're further, and you're further from the harbor. You can't even see the harbor no more. Let alone where it, know where it's at. And there's so many people out there right now who don't know where the harbor's at. They don't know. And they're never going to find it because when they look around, they don't see land. When they look around, they don't see a harbor. They don't see peaceful waters. They don't see any of that. Good heavens. They look around and they're in the middle of the ocean. As far as the eye could see, they see trouble, strife, chaos, confusion, violence. Insert anything you want to that is negative and they'll see it as far as they can see. So, you need to spend a little time understanding the map of where the harbor is, where the refuge is, and where you can get strength. Floundering is not going to get you done. I don't care how long you do it, you're going to get tired. I don't care how strong you think you are, you're going to get tired. And I don't care how good of a swimmer you are, the world and the sea is unrelenting. You can't, you can't fight. You ever been out? You ever, I mean, see the ocean? Ever see a storm on the ocean? I'm sorry, you ain't going to survive it. And they ain't going to survive the storm that's in your life. I'm sorry. Sorry to be the one to break the news to you. The world is quick to tell us, swim further out where it's calmer. You're just further and further over your head. The last thing they ever say is turn around and take a look at that harbor that's behind you. So I'll ask you, how many times are we really ready for the opportunities that come only to find out that we don't have a clue, that we're not ready? How many times do we got figured out, have everything figured out until we don't, or realize we don't? Then we might think back and think, I never did in the first place. How many times was it easy until it wasn't, right? Family is good until it's not. Lots of friends until you're alone. Got a job until you don't. You're healthy till you aren't. 
Finances are good. Got a little coin in my pocket. Until I realize I got a hole in my pocket and I got no more coin. Nothing lasts forever except for God. Okay? Nothing is last forever. You're a peak physical specimen. Wonderful job. Incredible family. Perfect health. Lots of money. It's going to be gone like that. Then what you got? I don't care how nice your yacht is out in that storm. It's going to get a hole. And it's going to sink. I'd rather have a dinghy in the harbor than a yacht in the storm. That's just me. Does it ever seem like life has knocked you down? Maybe. Me, it has, occasionally. Hit you kind of hard, knock the wind out you. You ever had the wind knocked out of you? You're trying to catch that breath, and it is the last thing in the world that you can do at that moment is catch your breath when it has hit you so hard that you can't even begin to breathe. As a kid, it used to happen all the time because I'd make unwise choices and then fall. <clears throat> can you go to the next verse, please, Katrina? Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Don't gloat over me. Just because I'm knocked down right now, don't think you've got the last word. Do not gloat over me. And now why? Though I've fallen, I will rise. <gasps> Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. It's dark. I'm knocked down. I can't catch my breath. I've fallen. Don't gloat over me because you ain't going to get the last word. I'm not saying I'm not going to be down right now. I'm not going to say I can't catch my breath right now. But you don't get the last word. Do not gloat over me. The world will, will do that. The world will do that. If you don't believe me, you just look at any person who has actually ever been high and with one mistake. And I'm not even going to argue if it was right or wrong. It doesn't matter. It's just when you fall, the world has a tendency to pile it on. But don't gloat over me, my enemy. Do not gloat over me, world. Do not gloat over me, devil. I've fallen, yep. But I'm going to rise. Because after three days, that rising was guaranteed. After three days, rising up was locked. Though I sit in the darkness, the Lord was going to be my light. That world would, is the darkness. The world is the darkness. I'm sorry. Right? I don't want to sound negative, but I'm trying to show you that there's a contrast. There is darkness in the world. Read the paper. But we got a light. We have a light. You want to see where you're going? Quit stumbling in the dark. You got a light. You don't even got to turn it on. All you got to do is open your eyes. You don't got to flip a switch. The light has been burning since let there be light. Since that happened, the light's been there. <laughs> we love to walk around with blinders. We love to walk around like this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. There's light. I don't have to be in the darkness. No, you don't got to. 
You don't have to be in the darkness. So remember, you got the wind knocked out of you? Everything's falling apart. No idea what you're going to do. That's fine. You ain't supposed to know what you're supposed to do or going to do and everything like that prior to the problem because, well, you don't really know what's around the other corner. So <sighs> Falling? Yeah. Guess what? Me too. <sighs> Surprised. Shouldn't be. You're not alone. You don't have a corner on the market for misery. I'm sorry. Nobody in here is that special, where they're the only person that has something bad happen to them. Nobody here is that unique and that you're the only one. Everybody, you aren't alone. Don't let somebody tell you, i.e. the world or the enemy, that you are alone. You're not. Heaven's the best. You look to your right or left. They fall in it once or twice. Shoot, look up here. I fall all the time. But I always rise. I always rise because I don't have to stay down. So you can try to glow, you can try to run your mouth, you can try to go ahead and shame me. Eh. When I'm standing, you ain't got me no more. You ain't got me no more, right? Nobody's life is without trials. Nobody's life is without falling. Oh, I got it, I know. You're at the end of the rope, aren't you? Hmm. Maybe. I don't know how long your rope is. I don't know how long anybody's rope is. Nobody does, right? Nobody knows whenever somebody's going to reach a breaking point except for one person. And that's the one who actually says, he says, I'm not going to give you anything that you can't handle. However, what he's really, what, what, what he's, what he, I'm not going to give you anything that you can't handle with me. You can lie down. When you get knocked down, lay down. That's easy. You get... Wind knocked out of you? Really? That's your choice, but you don't have to. So don't. I can say everybody's rope, to be at the end of your rope is different. So don't make a judgment call on any person and say, man, I don't know why you're complaining. You don't even know. You don't even know. Like, dude, you have no idea how long my rope is that I'm about ready to, it's at the end of my fingertips. But I can't say 100% certainty that every person is going to fall, trip, stumble, be pushed, shoved, and knocked down. Everybody. But you don't have to stay down. We will rise. And how are we going to rise? By receiving by grabbing, by holding on tight with both hands, the lifeline that on the other end of that rope that you're holding on to are two nail-scarred hands. Mm, wow. Two nail-scarred hands on the other end of that rope and they ain't gonna let go. They ain't gonna let go. You're the only one that can let go. The other end of that is rock solid. That other end of that rope is rock solid, cornerstone solid. It is the rock on the other end. You ain't going to pull it out. It's, there's never been a time where Jesus has actually said, whoop, that slipped. What he has said also is you shouldn't have let go. You shouldn't have let that slip out your hand. Don't worry. You can still grab it. I haven't let go. 
You can let, you can grab it again. Oh my goodness. So I guess I should actually say, we can rise. It's my choice, it's your choice. It's our decision, staying down or rising up. Oh, I know. You got that proverbial dark cloud over you? Black, dark, foreboding, ominous. It's always over my head. I feel like Charlie Brown out there going through the world. Remember, you might be in some darkness now, but there is a light. That cloud doesn't have to be over you all the time. God's ways and thoughts are above ours. Be thankful for that. The world says we can be our own God. But reality and eternity say, no, 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 you can't. We need to set our minds on things that are above, not on the things of the world. Things of heaven. That's where his thoughts are. That's where his ways are. Those things are found in the word. Read it. It's the ultimate user guide. And it's not outdated. Paul's just saying, hey guys, don't do this. Here we are today. We're going to do it. Nope, it's not outdated. We need to be prudent and recognize danger and take the refuge from it. Quit trying to ride the storms out. And when we take refuge, don't look at the world as our refuge, but to look, look to God. Don't keep swimming out deeper on the hopes that there's no dark cloud over there. There is, and it's further and further over your head. When we fall, and we will, find ourselves in darkness, we know that you can rise. And there's a light just waiting. Um, this one you don't have, Katrina, and that's okay. And this one's, Auntie, you're going to want to bust down a song because I'm hoping I can read it without singing it. For all of your goodness. Psalm 27, 1 through 7. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, you probably think to yourself, I don't fear nobody. Well, let's say instead of the whom, maybe it's not physical. Maybe the whom is not a physical person. Maybe it's an emotion, spiritual sense. Desperation, misery, anxiety, anguish, angst, nervousness, apprehension, panic, despair, doubt, worry, dread, turmoil, feel, confusion, frustration, and a million other things are going to hit you. I had anxiety and dread about coming up here and speaking on 
third Friday morning thinking to myself, I have no idea what I'm going to do. But I didn't have to sit in it. I didn't have to age in it. We have a stronghold to go to. We have that refuge, right? Verse 2 says, when the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. You're going to come at you, but don't worry. They're the ones going to fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear because I am not afraid of that. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask, mm, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and, seek, and to seek him in his temple. That's all I ask, Lord. Because once I've got that, I really... I don't need nothing else, and everything else will be taken care of. Verse 5. For the day, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. Those places on high where his thoughts and ways are. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. <laughs> rock again. Man, I tell you what, that is crazy. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his sacred sorry at his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy I will sing and make music to the Lord verse 7 hear my voice when I call Lord be merciful to me and answer he will Life isn't fair. Stuff happens. But God is above the stuff that happens. The stuff that happens is the low. He is the high. We don't have to go through it alone. Never think you do. That's it. I'm out. <laughs>